When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Boys in the Band podcast, where we've got another My Norse's number one album bonus episode for you coming up. I'm Rich Gallagher and as ever, Pete Smith is here with me. How's it going, Pete? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Rich. Yeah, and also very excited. Uh, there's yeah. been big news in the Boys in the Band podcast world, isn't there, Rich? Yeah, so indeed. if you haven't heard of chat with Fred McPherson from Spectre uh, from Saturday, firstly do. It's great chat. It's good, really in-depth uh, insight into well, the noughties and then beyond that with Spectre. But about halfway through, he puts out a plea to our listeners, you, our listeners. Um, basically, back in around 2005, he mashed up um, a documentary made by Max Carlish about Pete Doherty. You must, like, if you were into indie round then, you, you would have come across this documentary at some point. It's uh, pretty crazy. But anyway, Fred stuck the MP3 out into the world where it gained a bit of chatter on uh, the Libertines.org forum, uh, the big forum back in the day. But then it just disappeared and he had no record of it. <laughs> Well, he saw this as his opportunity and he basically asked the Boys in the Band podcast listeners if anyone had got a copy of it. And guess what? It's only been tracked down as reported on Fred's Instagram stories over the last few hours as we're just before we recorded this. Jamie Graham got in touch with Fred this week and sent him the MP3. Um, what power of the podcast, Rich. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, indeed. No, really, really Really great stuff. Uh, appreciative to Jamie for for getting that to Fred. He was uh, mightily happy to receive it, <laughs> and uh, and and so are we because uh, Fred has actually in turn sent it on to us, and we will bring you the Fred McPherson Max Carlish <laughs> Mega Mix at the end of this bonus pod episode. Yeah, exclusive to Boys in the Band <laughs> podcast listeners. Um, and if you've ever lost any other musical gems, get in touch. Clearly, the Boys in the Band podcast is a powerful resource for this kind of thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and lost gems is actually the, the sort of the theme of this mm. Minority's number one album, episode two, because uh, we asked Fred, as always, to pick out his favourite album of the noughties. And, um, and yeah, a little bit of a lost, lost gem. Uh, so here's what he came up with. Well, the, the album that at the time, obviously... I'm not going to pick either of the first two Strokes albums, even though those were the albums, and maybe even more so Room on Fire, because when the Strokes played Ali Pali in 2003, that was our Woodstock. Hopefully not our Woodstock 99. Um, but the album that when I heard completely blew my mind, which is funny because someone told me about it when I was in the queue to watch the Polyphonic Spree in what must have been 2003 or 2004, I don't remember when it came out, was the Mars Volta deloused in the comatorium. Because even though I, I was listening to lots of kind of jangly, jingly indie at the time, and I probably thought Wolfman and Pete Doherty for Lovers was the best song I'd ever heard. When I heard this, it was just getting like getting clubbed around the head. And I only got it because I was at the gig by myself in the queue. And this was at an age where I would still get to gigs like four or five hours early just to stand in the queue thinking I might be able to get closer to the front and hold on to, you know, my piss all night. Um, and I just got talking to this hippie who was just spent an hour telling me how I had to buy this album, how it would change my life. I'd never heard at the drive-in before. I didn't know who they were. And I remember hearing the first single off this, maybe Inertiatic ESP that was on MTV2 at the time. And I was just, and I think it was, 
Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers playing bass or John Frusciante maybe playing on it. And it was just blew my mind. That was, I think, the first time my music taste went up a level in terms of hearing music for the sake of music being played and production. And that was another band that we were listening to probably on the brink of Les Inc and Ox Eagle. And probably even by the end of Les Inc, I was listening to Mars Volta, which wasn't probably helping anyone. But that was a band I would start going to see a lot then. And Omar, Rodriguez, Lopez, um, etc. His solo gigs. But if we're talking about Lost Indie album, um, there's a band who I loved at the time who there were so many legendary singles from the era, but actually there's very few albums from that point I still listen to. There was a band called The Video Nasties that would often play with Les Inc and Fear of Flying, who the band went on to be White Lies, um, who would, he'd be good to get on the podcast, actually Charles from that band. Um, but um, they made an album called On All Fours, which I think is a lost indie masterpiece it ends with this song teenage celebration that's about eight minutes long it's heartbreakingly the album's not on spotify some of their other singles are but that is one to try and find if i had a record label i would pay to re-release it um because i think of that era of the way i remember indie nights indie club nights and that kind of constant balance between heartbreak and euphoria um that is the album that for me summed it all up so see if you can find it if you're listening and in the meantime i will try and see if i can make contact with them and lobby to get it on spotify well i've just done a quick google and you can get it for 32 pound 98 uh which appears to be some sort of japanese version a used Japanese there you go. version. Well, so. I dare you, anyone listening. It was never on vinyl. <laughs> it's not on Spotify. Um, I had it on CD and on my iTunes, and I just listened to it the whole time. It was very s- sad and dark, and um, but it summed up, you know, they were the, the probably the type of band that if Les Incompetents had had their songs, we would still be around. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, that's that's a good indie album, but f- probably number one album of the noughties, yeah. Mars Volta, d Last and the Comitorium. Good chance, Fred. Good Thanks chance. very much. Good, yeah, for the two interesting selections there. We'll go and give them a spin after we've uh, finished chatting to you. Thanks for coming onto the podcast, and uh, yeah, all the best with uh, the next Spectre album. Perfect. Thank you very much. There you go. A shout-out for d Last in the Comitorium by the Mars Volta which would probably go down as the best album of the noughties in Fred's eyes, uh, which, which actually did come up in a podcast uh, previously, didn't it? It was that, um, that one that stuck in my memory as the, the, that album cover with the gold head on a plate with a beamy <laughs> light coming out of the mouth. It's always stuck in my mind. Yeah, and we uh, also yeah. had um, Sim from the 80s Matchbox, didn't we? He picked yeah. another Omar Rodriguez Lopez um, band at the drive-in. He had Relationship of Commanders, his, my noughties number one. So... A lot of respect for Omar and what he's working on. Absolutely. Um, but also, Fred was also showing a lot of love for the Video Nasties on All Fours album. It's his lost in the album of the decade. Uh, one of those bands that he feels doesn't necessarily get the the, the, the recognition, the traction that, that perhaps they deserved. Um, you know, they were a band that played with Les Incompetents and uh, the likes of Fear of Flying, who later became White Lies uh, back in that noughties era. 
Um, we did have a little hunt for it as well, didn't we, Pete? But it's not on Spotify. Um, there is another band on there on Spotify called Video Nasties, but they're like a metal slash horror movies band, aren't they? <laughs> they're yeah. sort of a, ma- another sort of mashup going on there. Yeah, I was listening to that the other day. That is uh, interesting. An interesting project that band are working on there. So, yeah, as you say, crossover between metal and horror movies. And, uh, yeah, that's a genre I didn't know existed, but I do no. now. And uh, I'll never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the, the video nasties uh, from the noughties was, um, was Fred's pick of that sort of lost in the album. So, um, yeah, it got us thinking, didn't it, Pete, about our lost in the albums of, of that era. What sort of things sprung to your minds? Well, I think straight away for me, um, if you're thinking about albums that just don't get the recognition certainly now I think I don't think like anyone's talking about this album anymore that, that I just love love then still love now I think it's just brilliant I think this band deserved so much more than they ended up actually getting out of the the uh sort of that era and that's um think before you speak by good shoes their first album incredible yeah. you know they opens with that sort of instrumental Nazanin, which just builds and builds. It's not quite instrumental, is it? But it just builds and builds and builds and just sets up the whole album for what's to come. And it's just brilliant indie pop, indie pop, indie punky pop. It's just, uh, yeah, it's sort of a bit, yeah, a bit, a bit like the Cribs, isn't it? It's got that sort of sound, isn't it? The sort of the, you know, the guitar sound and um, brilliant lyrics and, and really, yeah. You know, you know foot tapping songs they're, they're, they're fantastic tunes there and um, they've obviously followed it up with the second album as well no hope no future and the first song on that second album my god the way my heart beats i think that is just like mm-hmm. if we talk about lost gems as songs i think that's an absolute lost gem but yeah i think the good shoes debut album let's give that some love because that's that's one that uh, everyone should still be talking about yeah definitely the br- brilliant band good shoes i think um they're definitely one of those that people have got in touch with us about as well, haven't they? They're still mm. in lots of lots of fans out there of theirs. They were certainly of their t- of their time. That was, you know, perfect as you say, sort of indie pop um, for, for that for that era. And um, and yeah, one of those bands that you know we really had in mind when we first started this pod, didn't we? Pete? They were they were sort mm. of you know, right up on on our list. And uh, we did uh, we did track Reese down to, to invite him on the podcast, but. He didn't quite sort of fancy uh, revisiting th- those uh, those those days. Um, personally, that's that's his choice and, and, and fair enough. But um, he, he was kind enough to come back to us and wish us well. But but yeah, lots of love for, for that band. Um, I think a, a, a similar one for me, uh, and, and actually a similar sort of a way it's played out, was, was Cajun Dance Party. Uh, got in touch with Daniel to see if they would come on, to see if he would come on the podcast and talk about that band. Um, but he, he had a sort of sim- similar feeling that. He was doing doing different things these days, but um, but yeah, Cajun Dance Party, uh, the colourful life. I absolutely adore that album as well. Much like the Good Shoes, just it was so perfect of its time. It just seems you know pure indie, and uh, you know songs like the next Untouchable and Amalays that just absolute belters on that on that album. Yeah, re- really, really did uh, dig that band a lot. Yeah, another good choice, Rich. Um, I, I, it's actually this idea got me digging through some old CDs and. Um, I uncovered my Jeffrey Lewis CD, which if you remember, we were chatting to Blackwire a few weeks ago, um, Tom from Blackwire, and yeah. we were talking about this and it turned out that I think we were, we were actually at the same gig uh, that we were talking about on the podcast in Brighton where Jeffrey Lewis played, Blackwire played and the Cribs played at Concord 2 down the seafront there. Um, and, you know, this is what happens, isn't it? This CD was just yeah. at the back of uh, some drawer somewhere. It's the ones 
who've cracked that the light shines through the Jeffrey Lewis album that I probably bought on that night actually at that gig. So that's another one that needs a bit more love. And um, then another band, Rich, we definitely went and saw up in central London somewhere, just off Oxford Street somewhere, um, just around that way anyway. Uh, Black Kids, Party Traumatic. How good an album was that for like pure indie pop? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, not going to teach a girlfriend how to. Oh, what was it? I've not... butchered that song title. I'm not going to teach your <laughs> boyfriend how to dance. Is that the one? I'm not going to teach your boyfriend how to dance with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we saw them at Yulu or something like that. I'm sure it was one of the university uh, venues around Central London, wasn't it? We saw them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another good shout of a good lost indie band. I mean, there are plenty of them and plenty that we would love to get on the podcast. And um, yeah, and a couple more that sort of sprung to my mind. A couple of American bands like the Virgins and and Louis the Fourteenth, absolutely love those albums. Uh, the debut from from uh, from the Virgins, the best kept little secrets from uh, Louis the Fourteenth. Yeah, um, and another filthy yeah, album. You were, into, filthy. you were into them as well, weren't you? Filthy album, filthy lyrics, filthy bass lines, filthy guitar licks. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know if they'd get away with releasing the music that they release <laughs> then now in the modern era. But um, yeah, and um, I think one other band that always springs to my mind of a band that. I, that I just struggle to find anything about nowadays is, um, I don't know if you remember them, Pete, the Jackpot. So I think they're a, mm. a, Ma- a Manchester band and they, they spelt it without a C, so it makes it even harder to sort of find them online. You know, you search them on Google, it's like, did you mean the Jackpot? Would spell, <laughs> spell, the, spell the other way. And, um, and yeah, they had some absolutely cracking tunes. Throwaway Culture was their album. Um, and yeah, I re- was really into them, but can you find anything else about them at the moment? <laughs> so, uh, so maybe a bit like Max Carlish, these, these, these bands that we, uh, feel a, a lost gems of of that era uh if any of you can put us in touch with anyone that you want us to get on the podcast like those bands we've mentioned uh yeah we welcome your assistance in, in, in uh, making contact yeah definitely um cool well we're back this saturday with another full-length episode of a cool band from the noughties that one's all in the bag and ready to go um but to play us out here it is that we've given it the big build-up it's fred mcpherson's max carlish megamix on the boys in the band podcast I really do feel like I'm turning into some kind of stalker now. Max and Pete. Oh, Kate. Max and Pete. Oh, Kate. Max and Kate. Oh, Pete. Max. Oh, Pete. Inside K-Box. Max and Pete. Oh, Kate. Max and Pete. Oh, Kate. Max and Kate. Oh, Pete. Max. Oh, Pete. Inside K-Box. You both come a lot. You both come a lot. Max and Pete. Oh, Kate. Max and Pete. Oh, Kate. Max and Kate. Oh, Pete. Max. Oh, Pete. Inside K-Box. What you don't understand, Pete, is that this film isn't about you. It's about me.
will try and seduce you may have intercourse. I will try and seduce you may have intercourse. I will try and seduce you may have intercourse. There won't be any rape involved. This guy's amazing. I met Max in a bar. He launched into monologue into this whole Max Carch is the name. Battle award winning documentary filmmaker. Yeah, I've been very fortunate in my career, Dave, and blah 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 blah. He told me that he was gonna make this documentary about Pete Doherty and would I like to be involved? And I thought, well, you know, he's obviously a bit of an idiot, but fuck it, it'll be a Like a vampire, I'm like a vampire. USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. <laughs> 